the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is Restoring the Joy in Your Christian Life. As Christians, our relationship to Jesus Christ has to be maintained. No relationship ever stays the same. You're either growing closer or you are drifting apart. You never just stand still. We don't just become a Christian and that's it. We are either having our heart growing warmer every day or it's growing colder. We have all known Christians who are no longer walking with the Lord. They have fallen away. At one time their hearts were warm and on fire for God, but today they are nowhere to be found. Some have even rejected Christianity completely. We all know the struggles in our own hearts. We face temptations. We face ups and downs, days when we question our faith in Christ, when we don't seem to be able to make sense of all of the things that are happening uh, in our lives. And we notice that the joy we once experienced has left us. The good news is that God offers us restoring grace. When we blow it, when we sin, when we stumble and fumble, God says, you can come back to me. We can pray the prayer that was prayed in Lamentations chapter 5 and verse 21. Restore us, O Lord, and bring us back to you again. Give us back the joys we once had. This is what this message is about today. How do you get the joy back in your Christian life? How do you regain your spiritual vitality? How do you restore your spiritual life? You may have been a believer for months, years, or even decades, and your Christian life maybe have gone stale. Maybe you're just not as close to the Lord as you once were. So how do you get the joy back? How do you get to that relationship which you once experienced with the Lord? There are three questions that I want to ask today in this message. The first question is, why do Christians fall away from the Lord? Why do Christians fall away from the Lord? There are many reasons why 
Some who profess faith in Jesus Christ are not walking with him anymore. In Mark chapter 14, we have the story of Peter's denial of Jesus the night he was betrayed and arrested. In that story, we have an example of four common causes of why Christians fall away. Most of you know the story. Jesus had been in the upper room with his 12 disciples. They celebrated the Passover together, but Jesus turned into the Lord's Supper. Then he shocked his disciples by announcing, one of you is going to betray me. One of the twelve was going to turn Jesus into the authorities. They all began to say, Lord, is it me? The first reason people backslide is overconfidence. Number one, overconfidence. Peter says in Mark 4.29, Even if everyone else deserts you, I never will. Anytime you hear about somebody else stumbling in their Christian life or committing a sin and you say, that would never happen to me, you are setting yourself up for a fall. Given the right situation, any of us is capable of any sin. The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. That means we lie to ourselves as much as we lie to others. I can't even figure out why I do what I do, much less to figure out why you do what you do. So we should never say, I could never fall that way. That's called overconfidence, and that is the first step in falling away. The Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 12, and 13, If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. The second cause of falling away is fatigue. We see this too in the story of Peter's denial. We get lethargic and kind of slack off. All of the good habits like praying every day, reading the Bible, having our, our daily devotions with God, and worshiping regularly, we start saying, I don't have time for those things right now. Life is just too busy. When you say that, it ought to be a warning light. Because in the next scene, we see this happening to Peter. He just got tired, fatigued, exhausted. See, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, three of his closest disciples, uh, into the garden of Gethsemane that night. And he said to them, I want you to stay here and pray with me for a little while. This was the night he knew that he was going to be arrested and the next day he would be crucified. So he said to them, can you guys watch and pray with me? Jesus goes off and he prays for a while and then he comes back and they're asleep. He goes off to pray and comes back again to find them asleep. Peter's problem was that 
he just kept falling asleep. Mark 14, 37 and 38 says, Then he returned and found the disciples asleep. He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. There is a principle here. See, when you get tired, you're setting yourself up for a major temptation. It is more difficult to do the right thing in life when you are tired. It takes energy, it takes effort, it takes a lot of stamina. And you're going to get tired emotionally, physically, and spiritually. So if you don't recharge yourself in these areas, then fatigue will set in. And fatigue is a warning light that something is going wrong, that something is out of order. Fatigue lowers the defenses and makes us vulnerable to doing the wrong thing. But the third cause of falling away from Christ is fear of disapproval. We are worried about what other people think. We are afraid they will reject us, make fun of us, or put us down. And this is what happened to, to Peter. After Jesus was arrested, it says in Mark 14, verses 54a, first part of 54, Peter followed him at a distance. Get the picture. Jesus has been arrested, and Peter decides to follow him at a distance, just far enough back, so that nobody would be able to identify him with Jesus. One of the ways that you can know you are slipping away from Christ is you start to become ashamed of him. You want to follow at a distance. You're ashamed, for example, to bow your head and, and pray over a meal in a restaurant in public because you don't want people to see what you're doing right. and, to, and to come to certain conclusions about who you are. What would they think? Or are you ashamed to be known as a Christian? Where you are, where you work, where you go to the, the gym? Do people know that you are a Christ follower? So you try to keep it a secret. But thank God for athletes and other public figures who identify themselves publicly on television as Christians and give thanks to God for their success of whatever is taking place in their lives. It always blesses me just to, to hear people thanking God publicly, indicating that they are Christ followers. In Mark 8.38, Jesus said, If you are ashamed of me and of my teaching in this godless and wicked day, then the Son of Man will be ashamed of you when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. You see, there are no secret agents in God's army, no closet Christians. 
There are a lot of Christians who can talk about any and everything except about Jesus and their faith in him. It's when we are worried about the disapproval of others, we are on the slippery slope of falling away. The fourth cause of falling away from Christ is convenience. We want to have a faith in Christ, but we want a comfortable and a convenient faith. We want it to fit into our schedule. We don't want it to interrupt anything in our lives. Look at what happened to Peter. Mark 14 and verse 54 says, Peter followed from a distance and went into the courtyard of the high priest's house. There he sat down with the guards, keeping himself warm by the fire. Now this is an amazing scene. Jesus is about to has been arrested and about to be executed, and Peter is partying with the enemy as though he did not know Jesus at all. He's sitting there in the crowd, wanting to be one of the gang, warming himself by the fire. The very men who were going to torture and execute Jesus, Peter sitting around a fire with them, hanging out, wanting to be, to be comfortable. Some Christians will say, I want to be accepted by my peers. I want to follow Christ, but um, only when it is convenient. It is now 57 years since my ordination to the Christian ministry, and I have watched scores of people fall away from Jesus Christ and from Christianity. In my 41 years, at People's Baptist Church, I've seen a parade of short-term disciples, people whom I've baptized, whom I've worked with, who walk with Christ as long as it is convenient. They start, then they start falling away. I, as well as other pastors, have noticed a pattern when people fall away from following Jesus. When a person is very active in the church and they start falling away, the first thing they stop is their giving of tithes and offerings. Jesus said, our giving indicates the state of our heart. He said, where your treasure is, your heart will be. It's a thermometer, a good EKG of your heart. Giving is always the first thing that stops when a person starts falling away from, from Jesus. But the second thing that stops is prayer. People just don't have enough time to pray. And it was all, it has happened to many of us, or perhaps all, all of us at some point, where your prayer life um, is no longer uh, something that you take care of, that you don't talk to God on a regular basis as they used to. But the third thing is that they stop attending worship. You see, what happens to these people? When a Christian falls away from Christ, does he or she lose his or her salvation? How does God respond? He responds the way he always does, by grace. Romans chapter 
8 verses 1 and 2 says, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The word no in this verse is the strongest possible negative in the Greek language. It means no, no, never, never, not in a million years. You see, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, there is no condemnation for you. So what does this mean? It means that you don't lose your salvation when you sin or mess up your life or when you even fall away for a time. Notice it does not say that there are no consequences. It says no condemnation. He said, when we intentionally don't do what God wants us to do, there are consequences. Every time we disobey God and ignore his will, we lose. When a Christian sins and remains unrepentant, what happens? The Christian loses fellowship with God. The Christian loses the joy of their salvation loses their effectiveness in serving God here on earth and lose their rewards in heaven. But the second question that I want to ask is, why doesn't God reject us when we sin? Four reasons. This is what grace is about. First, because God's love is unconditional. Lamentations chapter 3, 22 and 23 says, The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. You see, God doesn't say, I love you if you are good, if you are perfect, and if you do X, Y, Z. He just says, I love you, period. Because his love is unconditional. It's not based on what you do or what you think is going to be pleasing to him. Because we cannot please God the way that God expects us to please him. So if God accepts us and loves us, it is because his grace is unconditional. But secondly, because salvation is not based on our performance. You see, the only way we will ever have any hope of getting into heaven is by the grace of God. We can't earn our way into heaven. We can't bargain our way into heaven. Titus chapter 3 and verse 5 says, He saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. You see, God doesn't reject us when we sin because his love is unconditional and our salvation is not based on our performance. But thirdly, because Jesus has already taken our punishment. Romans 3 and verse 25, God sent him to die in our place to take away our sins. We receive forgiveness through faith in the blood of Jesus. 
Now, the law of double jeopardy says you can't be tried for the same crime twice. You can't be convicted for the same crime twice. And you can't be punished for the same crime twice. And that's true in the spiritual realm also. You see, 2,000 plus years ago, Jesus took the punishment for our sins. He paid the price for our sins. He took the death penalty for us. And therefore, we cannot be punished again because he has already taken our punishment. So the question is, what sins did he die for? All of them. Past, present, and future. While God does not condemn us or punish us, he will discipline us in order that we might be better and become more conformed to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. You see, discipline is very different from punishment. Punishment is retribution for the past. Discipline is correction for the future. Punishment is done in anger. Discipline is done in love. Punishment says that's what you get for what you did. Discipline says I want to train you to get you on the right path for the future. The fourth reason God does not reject us when we sin is because Jesus understands our human weaknesses. Jesus understands our human weaknesses. He knows our frailties. He knows our faults. And therefore, he is patient with us. Hebrews 4 and verse 15 says, For our high priest, that is Jesus, for our high priest is able to understand our weaknesses. He was tempted in every way that we are, but he did not sin. You see, when Jesus was here on earth, he experienced every temptation known to man. He says, I understand what it's like to be a human being because I lived in a human body for 33 years. So he is sympathetic. He knows what we are going through. He knows what it's like to be tempted. So the third question is, what should we do when we sin? One word, return. Come back to God and ask his forgiveness. It is that simple. Jeremiah 15 and verse 19 says, If you return to me, I will restore you so you can continue to serve me. No matter what you have done, no matter how far you have fallen, God says in Isaiah 54 and verse 7, With great compassion, I will take you back. There is a happy ending to the story of Peter and his denial of Jesus. If there ever was a sin you would think was unforgivable, it's denying Jesus three times on the night that he was betrayed. Jesus knew Peter would deny him and that he would come back to him. Before it even happened, Jesus said to Peter in the upper room, he says, Satan has desired to sift you, but I have prayed for you. And when you have returned, strengthen the brethren. You see, Jesus knew Peter would return. 
And the Bible tells us in Mark chapter 16 and verse 7 that on Easter morning, three women went to the tomb, found the stone rolled away, and an angel sitting on it. The angel said, he's not here, he is risen. Go tell his disciples and Peter. And Peter. Jesus knew that Peter was devastated by his denial. He was ashamed. He was depressed. He thought he could never face Jesus again for what he had done. And when the angel said, go tell his disciples and Peter, it is as if he was saying, it's okay, Peter. All is forgiven. Come on home. That is the grace of Jesus Christ. Come on home. I haven't stopped loving you. You may think God has given up on you, but he hasn't. If today you feel that you are not as close to Christ as you used to be, you need to pray the prayer that David prayed when he came back to God after he had sinned by committing adultery and murder. In Psalm 51 and verse 12, David prayed, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. If you are a believer, but for some reason or another, your mind has lost its peace or your life has lost its meaning or your faith has lost its strength or your soul has lost the joy of your salvation, you need to go back to the cross and to confess your sins and ask God's forgiveness. And if for some reason your spirit has lost its vitality or your duty has lost its delight or your giving has lost its joy or your testimony has lost its freshness or your praying has lost its power or your attitude has lost its pleasantness or your tongue has lost its control, you need to go back to Calvary back to the cross, and Christ will restore your spiritual life, and you'll have joy again. We can celebrate God's goodness every day and see the miracles that he'll perform in your life. Oh, just a closer walk with thee. Granted, Jesus, if you please, daily walking close to thee, let it be, dear Lord, let it be. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.